Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Politics Southern Style. My name is Chris, and I am a Southerner. Thank you all for joining me today. I don't know if um, <clears throat> maybe I'm not getting uh, the traction. I've had a lot of people listen to this, and not sure if uh, maybe I just came at it all wrong in the beginning. Um, at any rate, I'm trying to blend uh, my personality with my... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the facts that I may come spewing at you and the opinions that I will have. So, at any rate, um, who am I? Uh, I am a working class dude who has uh, retired from the workforce. Um, and uh, I applied for disability. I haven't received it yet. Got quite a few issues going on that uh, just a lot of it being worn out from years of construction and uh, things like that. So, um, I worked at UNC Chapel Hill for a couple of years in my twenties. I worked within the grounds department, um, to be more precise within the forestry department. Um, I became a certified pesticide applicator then. So I have a background in pesticide application. So pretty familiar with, uh, application of chemicals and the harms that they do, um, also worked um, as a representative of the grounds department when I was there during the outsourcing uh, conversations that were had in the 90s there with the outsourcing all the housekeeping and everything and uh, groundskeeping in order to uh, better serve the university was their thoughts and to save the university with money. Um, so I had to sit in with a lot of uh, meetings after that, because uh, speaking up and uh, explaining to those people that they were being incredibly uh, dismissive of the people that worked there, uh, talking about hiring professionals, quote, professionals to come in and work, and um, basically saying the people that had been working there for some as many as 45 years were not professionals. <clears throat> so I, th I thought that was pretty uh, horrendous, and I stepped up and I said something about it. And after that, I was nominated by my peers to represent them uh, every month to go to meetings with the chancellors and stuff and uh, to take notes and then report the minutes back to uh, my fellow coworkers within the university. So I've seen a lot of bureaucracy at work, and I've seen how the um, there's a lot of lip service that gets done at the higher level, the higher levels of government, and um, you know, higher level of government. When I say that, I'm talking about you know, that's still a government job when you're working at a university. It's an institution of uh, higher learning, supposed to be an institution of higher learning. And uh, when you're talking about a place like UNC Chapel Hill, there's a lot of money involved. So there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape, a lot of politics going on. And I saw it firsthand, and it was pretty clear that there's not a lot of concern given to the people at, on the bottom rung of the working class. So just to give you a little history and a background about who I am that I thought it was important. Um, so y'all have a knowledge, <laughs> a working knowledge of what kind of person you're listening to. And um, I was born and raised in the South. And so were my parents and my grandparents and their parents. And uh, from what I've researched in 23andMe, we were never slave owners. Our family was a bunch of poor people. And... Um, so that's that's where I come from. My grandmother was a big supporter of Jesse Helms. I am not a right-wing conservative. 
I do have some right wing leanings, I suppose. I have some a lot of left leaning, lean, a lot of left leaning um, stances, and so I kind of fall in the middle of the road. And I think most people out there in America do. <clears throat> and so I started this podcast to try to bring us all together, uh, those ones of us that don't um, want to just fall in line and be a part of a team that is, um, you know, extreme on the right and extreme on the left. Somewhere in the middle is us regular folks, and we got to start talking to each other. The people that are willing to speak to one another that don't uh, hate each other for disagreeing about everything, if you catch my drift, which is where we are right now. So anyway... That's enough about me. Hope y'all are doing well. And this is July the 3rd. It's a Monday, 2023. Tomorrow is Independence Day. And uh, so what are we celebrating on Independence Day? Well, we're celebrating the uh, writing of the Declaration of Independence, really. We're not actually celebrating the independence from England. (laughs) Which is what I always thought we were kind of celebrating. I looked that up and I was very surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The Revolutionary War was, that was like the Declaration of War, essentially. The Declaration of Independence is when we like told them, hey, this is war. (laughs) We're not going to keep paying you all these taxes. As they said in the movie Days of Confused, when the kids were getting out of class for the last day of school, she said... When you're out there celebrating the 4th of July this summer, remember what you're celebrating, that a bunch of rich, white, aristocratic males didn't want to pay their taxes. And so that's, uh, you know, where we where we get our Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson basically wrote it by himself. He said in a, uh, you know, for I think two weeks, probably smoked a lot of tobacco and uh, who knows what all he was doing. Uh, <laughs> But he mostly wrote it by himself and then got some people to sign it. And uh, a lot of people apparently didn't sign it <laughs> at the time. They were scared to sign their name on it when it was first uh, sent to England. And then they later said they had signed it that day, but uh, apparently they signed it uh, quite a few days later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's pretty funny. You start looking up stuff about that. It's pretty wild. But, um yeah, we had the War of Independence to follow, so let's not forget we were in the middle of war during that time. So you're really celebrating a great work of uh, writing by a guy who was smart. They also made him take out the stuff about um, condemning the uh, British for their slave trade. They made him take that out. I guess they want to make sure they kept their slaves uh, in place for their new country. Of course they did. Can't have that. But yeah, the War of Independence, Revolutionary War, didn't end until September 3rd, 1783. So there was a lot of bloodshed and a lot of stuff going on that, uh, you know, we easily skate over here in America. We, we do that a lot. So yeah, happy 4th of July, everybody. Hope you have a good one. Don't burn your dogs. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you check them. And if you're in the South, I hope you don't use some uh, canned chili. I hope you make some homemade chili. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You can't be uh, can't be canned chili on a hot dog. It's Fourth of July. You got to do better than that. All right. So DeSantis, uh, what is he up to? We got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, y'all. It's um, you know it never slows down. 
we're getting starting to get wound up. You know, it, the election starts next year, I guess, really. But we're already talking about who's running. You got DeSantis in here. Uh, <laughs> he put out some crazy anti-gay. Um, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be anti-gay. I think it was kind of anti-trans, saying how it's a strong stance against um, having drag queens come and read stories to your children at school. Which, of course, is just weird. Why would anybody dress like that to go do that? Seems highly inappropriate. Um, not really the place for that. Um, but what the hell do I know? I don't have kids, so. Um, that's on y'all. I'm just uh, trying to be an informed voter, and I think, uh, yeah. I don't. If you don't have kids, why are you there reading stories? Unless you're a storyteller, that's your job. You shouldn't be there telling stories. Now, if you happen to be a storyteller and you've been doing that for many, many years and you also happen to be a drag queen, then okay, that's one thing. But do you have to dress like that when you go see the kids and confuse a bunch of young children? I don't know. Seems weird to me, but um, what do I know? I do know that DeSantis put out this crazy ad and it's got like, uh, you know, it's like flashing. It's, it's almost... It, it seems like the, a video that, that the guy would be watching in Brain Candy uh, when he's upstairs there on the bed, if any of y'all are familiar with that film. And he's watching, and it's got that music kind of going, and uh, it's like rave music or something. And it's got DeSantis flashing on the screen with some shirtless, oiled-up men. I don't know. It seems kind of uh, gay. I don't know. seems weird. But, uh Yeah. I guess he's trying to show how anti-gay he is and uh, kind of seems like latent homosexuality, latent homosexuality coming out there to me. But what do I know? These are just my opinions, and they are my own opinions, folks. No one's paying me to say this. I'm a regular voter. Registered Democrat. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you have to vote the way you're registered, folks. You know, you can vote. Just because you're registered one way doesn't mean you have to vote that way. That's the beauty of America. Let's not forget that. You do not have to be on a team. That's part of the beauty of America. You, you get to vote however you want. And anybody that tells you you're wasting your vote is being incredibly un-American. And uh, don't think that's right. You know, I don't have to tell you who I voted for. You don't get to <clears throat> try to bully someone into voting for someone else. Um, yeah, that's that's the beauty of America. Let's not forget that, everybody. Just because you think one way doesn't mean you're always right. And that goes for everybody, including me. I don't always think I'm right, even though I've had quite a few friends of mine over the years say things to me like, oh, that's right, Chris, I forgot you know everything, or... Um, you know, things like that. So I have been called a know-it-all a lot in my life, especially when I was growing up in my family and things like that. So good old Mr. Know-it-all, <clears throat> Mr. Peabody. Trump's still doing Trump stuff. He's, uh, you know, saying it's all a hoax. Everything's a flim-flam, shim-sham. And that's typical of what we have going on uh, in our politics all the time, which is really, really uh, fucked. No, but, but. No, don't don't curse, Chris. Try not to curse. Try not to curse. It's really messed up, y'all. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. We have a bunch of uh, talking out of the side of their face people running stuff, you know. And like I've said before, I feel like this is the last bastion, I hope, of a dying breed of politicians and a dying way of doing things in this country. I'm hoping that we can start to get some new people in there that are not owned by all the corporations. would be really fantastic because that's who's running stuff. Everybody on the right and everybody on the left, just so you know, they're all getting paid by big corporations. And I forget which was it, BlackRock and uh, Raytheon and the big pharmaceutical companies or something like they're the amount of money. Not to mention, geez, Apple, $3 trillion. I mean, that's more than a lot of countries, y'all. More than a lot of countries. And that's a, if you think that kind of money doesn't have a lot of influence in your governments, then I don't know. <clears throat> It's, um, maybe you're not listening to the right podcast because if you're here, I'm hoping you think like I do and realize that uh, all that money, that gives a, you know, what do they look for in a, a motive in a murder case, right? It's who had something to benefit by. So all these folks that are watching all these murder and crime shows, you would think you'd recognize that. Follow the money. Who had the motive? All the stuff that you see on there, that. Those things apply in real life, just not to your babysitter most of the time or uh, the guy bagging your groceries. <laughs> I mean, that might happen. There are serial killers out there. It's not, I'm not saying there aren't, but, um, <laughs> you know, oftentimes it's uh, how you hide in plain sight, right? So it's the things that you don't see every day or that you do see every day that you know, things slide by, so keep your eyes open and listen to when when you listen to somebody and they start out every time they start. If you listen to any of these news channels now, it's blowing my mind. Fox, MSNBC, CNN, and I try to watch all of these things, y'all. It's real hard to do. If you start watching them all instead of just watching the one brand that you like all the time. You will find that there are patterns being used by both companies, by all the channels, all whichever side doesn't make a difference. You'll you can see the patterns and the the speech patterns. If you don't go watch uh, the behavioral pan, uh, behavior panel, and they'll teach you to how to look for these things. But if they start out, the first thing they say is, uh, "To be clear," or "Just let me be clear," or "Let me be clear," or. Um, What's, what's another one they like to really use all the time that really just blows me away? Um, what, I'll, what I will say is this. You know, they'll, they'll, it's like they preempt everything. They're, everyone is trying to talk like a politician um, or that they actually know how to conduct a debate with someone instead of nitpicking the way someone words something and... You know what they're trying to ask, you know, but people will say, well, you say that, but, well, are we going to talk about this or are we going to talk about that? Because you brought this up when you said that. And blah, blah, blah. Just stop. Get over yourself. You're not the grammar police. Someone didn't come across clearly to you. Well, guess what? Regular people that work for a living understand what's being said. They don't need for you to point out that your grammar is better than the other person's. That is not what voters care about. Everyone is doing that stuff, and it just it's shiny objects, man. 
Thank you, Tom Bethel, for giving me that little nugget of information many years ago, talking about how messed up things were. And I was in my 20s, and he was like, it's shiny objects, man. He was actually talking to a friend of mine and uh, that we worked together. And so at any rate, I, I got that by, by uh, being there. I guess that was by proxy or <laughs> to use a term that gets bandied about a lot lately. Um, yeah, so I saw Pence was really excited about the, um, I think it was oh, some lady's internet company or something that makes invitations for weddings. She didn't want to have to make them for homosexual or gay or trans or any other weird person, quote, I guess, um, that she didn't want to because it's against her religion. And so she should be allowed to discriminate however she wants because of her religion is discriminatory, I guess. Uh, he called it a, um, a great victory for religious liberty. Liberty. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, they, they bandy terms about. They really enjoy doing that, and uh, so liberty. Yeah, I didn't know anyone was telling her how she... No one's actually telling her that she can't believe what she wants religiously, which is what that would be, I guess, uh, limiting her uh, her liberty of freedom to believe what she wants. That's She can still believe whatever she wants. When you don't do business with someone because of your religious beliefs. Hmm. That seems, um, I'm not sure that's imposing on your liberty. It's, you know, it's not for me to tell you how to think. You got to think about that one for yourself, but I will put it out there to you that I don't think that's what liberty is. And, um, that's not religious liberty. Just giving you an excuse to use your religion to be discriminatory against someone. Um, it's, it's legal trickery is all it is. It's uh, shady. It's shady stuff. It's the reasons why I could never be a business runner, business owner. I tried it, and um, I'm just not good at it. I can I can bid a job and get the job and do all that kind of stuff, but to make money, you just really got to not have scruples about taking people's money for things that – you know, to, it's I, you're paying me for my knowledge, and yet it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and I guess that's my shortcomings, and it's why I talk to a therapist every week. Um, what I deem is worthy of money, and how much money it's worthy. You know, and I just have a, I have a different way of thinking about some of that stuff than some folks do. And so, you know, it's uh difficult to make money when you don't want to take advantage of people and that's that's what it makes me feel like if I'm charging you what you know other people charge for the same service I feel like they're charging more than it's worth and then I you know I can't actually make money of that because I got weird moral issues um but that's that's me that's me and uh, most politicians and business owners don't have that issue, that's for sure. So, oh, we obviously still are at war in Ukraine. I say we because we've been funding it like we were in the middle of a war over there. Um, I was watching Bill Walton, luckiest man in the world, and watching him protest the 
war over in Vietnam and everything back then. And here we are, you know, this was in the late 60s, early 70s, and here we are, everyone on the left has this idea that uh, war is good and we got to go over there and defeat the commies. It's just such a strange switch of the poles, you know, a polarity change, if you will, um, as to who the warmongers seem to be right now. And I don't know if it was intentional uh, and if it was, who was the one pushing that or if it was both. Did they get together behind closed doors and decide to switch sides? And by that, I mean the right and the left all of a sudden. But I think they're both really just, again, two heads of the, you know, two heads, one snake, um, military-industrial complex, black helicopters. <laughs> uh, but I do think the military-industrial complex has a lot to do with the uh, the problem. I guess that's when I was talking about BlackRock and Raytheon, big companies like that. These uh, military-industrial complex folks. John F. Kennedy talked about it. Eisenhower talked about it. And then nobody talks about it. It's like, oh, we're just going to keep making money. Even old Slick Willie. Yeah, so, anywho, yeah, the war in Ukraine is still going on, and uh, we lost Daniel Ellsberg, and um, there's someone that was around during the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything, and he's the author of Secrets and the Doomsday Machine, he's the guy who got uh, the release of the Pentagon Papers, and saying, you know, essentially, we've said <laughs> that we're willing to go to war with Taiwan, and to defend their sovereignty as a nation, just like we've talked about with Ukraine. And, uh, yeah, that's not cool, man. <laughs> China's not going to have that, just so everybody knows. And, um, yeah, he was basically saying that we are as close to nuclear war as we have ever been. And, um, yeah, he just passed away, by the way. Pancreatic cancer, I think he died June 16th this month. I think he was 93 years old. He'd seen a lot of stuff. And, I was watching an interview with him just uh, back in April, I think, and he was very, very lucid and uh, sharp. And uh, the man certainly seemed to know what he was talking about. So, all right, before you keep talking about war over there, everybody, just remember it's, uh, you know, not, it's not game. It's not a game over there. And don't sit on Twitter and spout warmongering crap. Those people are dying over there, and it's not good, man. It's not cool. Just like it wasn't cool during Vietnam. I'm still thinking like that. I'm only 49, but I think, uh, you know, the hippies had it right back then. I, I want to believe it wasn't just uh, just a bunch of music, you know, a style and a fad. But, you know, I saw a video of Neil Young talking junk to an independent record store owner back in the day for having a bootleg copy of one of his albums in there for sale you know so neil's always been about money and um you know it's a shame there was a lot of high ideals those guys said and told us all and tried to get us all to believe in and uh did they ever believe it i certainly do and would like for it to continue on and um yeah, I saw Michael Schellenberger was talking. He and Matt Taibbi and Russell Brand were on stage, and um, Schellenberger was talking about he came from a very hippie-type family. His dad had a VW, 
and I had the bumper sticker on the back that I have been using as the closing line of my show here. And that's what I'm going to continue to use as the closing line of my show here till someone tells me I can't. And, um, yeah. But I'm not the only one that thinks about that bumper sticker. And so I'm going to leave you all today. I uh, hope I gave you something to think about on this Independence Day. Remember, you're just really celebrating the great work of writing by an individual. You're not actually celebrating our independence. It's just when we declared independence, we had a long way to go. It was a lot of war after that and bloodshed and troubles. And uh, So don't forget that. <laughs> Same thing happening over there right now in uh, Ukraine with people that are uh, speaking Russian that live there and his families live there. And don't forget those, those people have been tied for over a thousand years in that region. So anyway, don't swallow everything that's fed to you folks. Make sure you uh, try to get a healthy uh, dose of food from different categories. Don't just uh, eat all bread and all meat, no matter what Jordan Peterson does with all steak, crazy stuff. Hope he's taking some vitamins. Jeez, it's going to get scurvy. Anyways... <laughs> scurvy uh, alright so anyway thank you guys for listening thanks for joining me uh, please subscribe to the channel if you would and hit the notification bell and uh, as always I uh, ask you to please remember to question authority